0: Bye. Oh. Hello, welcome and bienvenue. Konnichiwa. Time for another Armist Inquisition yet again. Episode 312 on Sunday the 14th of January 2024. I'm Phil. I'm Ben. And, uh, you know, 312 episodes. Can you believe this? And we've never done one on the Knights Templar. Can you believe that? <laughs>
1: that is crazy, actually. it's crazy. Sure. Yeah. we must have referenced bits and bobs here you there? would
2: think wouldn't you anyway never mind that we were joined by historian and author mark ollie tonight how are you doing mark not too bad not too bad i'm surviving the cold weather it's meant to get even
0: <laughs> colder tomorrow that's oh about, i know talking about <laughs> snow
2: <laughs> the white stuff yeah hi oh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> It'll bring the whole country to a standstill. We know it will before it even happens. <laughs> well, get the chains on uh, the
0: <laughs> Yes, get the chains out. I, I'm having to shoe sheep on my way to work this last week.
1: You don't put shoes on sheep, mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Shoeing sheep off. I'm working up near Burnley, up in the hills, and it's oh. one of these places you've got to go go over, drive over cattle grids <laughs> and shoe sheep out of the way. Wow. I know, so I'm dreading it next week. Well, hopefully I'll get snored off, but you know.
1: Good Burnley, but Burnley way.
0: Right? Yeah, Readley Hallows. It's called. Sounds That's, like something from Harry Potter. Yeah,
1: it does. But, uh,
0: anyway, um I tell you what, Mark, you wouldn't happen to know about the Knights Templar, would you? <laughs> Hello. Yes, and you're back.
2: Hey, Mark. fantastic. Honestly, <laughs>
0: we're having. We're, is it? It should be the Friday the thirteenth today. I think March, isn't it?
2: Oh, it's the curse of the Templars creeping in. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> when did, uh, what was the
0: last thing you heard us say? Did you hear the music come in and everything?
2: Yeah, everything was fine right up until you were talking about shearing sheep.
0: Right. Oh, well. <clears throat> never mind. We'll just keep going because, well. Okay. You can always same...
1: edit that bit out. That was really uh, unprecedented. That... We never have yeah. technical issues here. That
0: was weird. Yes. Yeah. So, anyway, Mark, yeah. Um, knights Templar, Mark. you must know something about them. Can you help us out?
2: Um, yeah, where do you want me to begin? Do you want me to start at the beginning? Well, where, where, where did they come from? Did they operate okay. in the day? <clears throat> okay, um, they're very much a product of their time. So what you've got to remember is that they weren't the first warrior, excuse me, warrior monks, and they were the first knights You know, uh, knights and warrior monks were around from the days of the Anglo-Saxons onwards, um, and there were orders of knights back with the Romans. So basically they're building on what is already quite a long tradition. Um, Some bright spark, you know, comes up with the idea for crusades. Um, I can't remember exactly which uh, pope it was under, Um, but anyway, there is a call to crusade, and a whole shed load of knights decide they're going to go off on the first crusade. I think they leave in 1096, they get to Jerusalem in 1099, and by the time they get to Jerusalem, obviously they've all talked to each other. Um, So you've got the start, the beginning there, of two orders of knights, actually. Um, Most people think the Templars are the first, but they're not. The Knights Hospitaller come first. Dead easy to remember. One's black and white. That's the knight's hospitaller. And the other one's red and white. Although it gets a bit confusing further on, uh, but that's basically what they are. Uh, One uses the spiky cross, which is what they find in Jerusalem, because they're at the hospital. The hospital was built by the merchants of Amalfi, and they have this spiky cross. I mean, we know it now as the cross of Malta. That's what it is with the spikes on it. Um, So they adopt that. Yeah, we'll have that in black and white. And then the Templars, they go slightly different. They adopt a circle with this sort of splayed red cross in it um, which they only get granted officially on the second crusade, so it always upsets me when you see these these people doing reconstructions on the history channel you know they 're flying down the hillsides, going, yay, you know, first crusade and all that whopping great big red target on the chest, you know they 'd have only lasted two minutes in the desert. that would have been it, you know, a couple of compound bows, and they would have mm. took a lot of them out, and they don 't get that second cross they don 't get that till the second crusade, so at the beginning they don 't have that. Um, the the way they got together was interesting, though, because according to the history books, um, certainly what the Knights Hospital have written themselves, they said, oh, we started in 1113. So, you know, clearly we were the first. And we don't officially get a start date for the Templars till 1118. But in between, in the gap, I think it's the Bishop of Chartres writes, Um, about the Crusades, and he says, uh, oh, over in Jerusalem, uh, there's this newly forming knightly order called the Knights of Christ. That's in 1114. So you can almost imagine what's happening here. You've got Knights Hospitaller. They've had a fantastic time. The Pope's gone, yeah, I'm going to recognize you as an order of warriors. Fantastic. You know, 1113, they get the charter through, and they're able to do all sorts of different things. And then all of a sudden, they bump into the Knights Templar. Probably in a pub in Jerusalem, uh, you know, and over a pint, the hospitalers are like, you want to get into this? This is a good idea. Why don't you guys do this? So potentially as early as 1114, the Templars are already starting. They're already beginning. Uh, I think they had nine knights at the beginning and a, a few servants, uh, but they only had four horses. So that's why you get this weird symbol of of a horse with two knights sat on it. Yeah. It's not some, you know, peculiar sexual ritual or it depends who you read, but it's nothing to do with that. They just couldn't afford more than four horses right at the beginning. Um, what I do find interesting, though, is by the time it gets to 1123, so the Pope's already rubber-stamped it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah you've got an order of knights, you can protect pilgrims, you know, on the road from Jaffa to Jerusalem. Well, there's still only nine of them. They've still only got four horses, and there's tens of thousands of, you know, Islamic army, you know, right in front of them. They could just wipe them out any time they want to. So that's what begins the whole mystery about what they were doing in jerusalem why were they actually there because in terms of the job description you know they're they're pretty much useless you know so um that's really how they get started anyway
0: yeah and like originally like the first original like you mentioned there was about nine to start with these were like quite well-to-do wealthy norman times weren't they they weren't sort of They had to, you know, the story, again, depends who you read, but the story is they had to sort of give up a lot of their worldly goods and and whatnot to become a member of the Order, no?
2: Yeah, they start that whole tradition off. uh, Basically, when they get together, these big families basically donate everything to the Order. Um, But there's a bit of a twist there as well, because um, I think it's one of the King Henrys of the UK. He kind of rubber stamps them at the beginning. Uh, And then one of the kings of France, he jumps in, he rubber stamps them, and then you end up with the Pope he rubber stamps them as well. So, you know, everyone's sort of in favour of it. Patriarch of Jerusalem, he thinks it's a good idea. So it's not just the guys that you see, you know, in, in the, the red and white on horses in the, first, uh, in the Second Crusade. It's not just them. By the time you've hit the Second Crusade, they've already got a lot of wealthy backers and wealthy supporters um, who are clearly looking to make something back on their investment. So, again, that feeds into the mystery of what exactly are these guys up to? What is it they're trying to do? What is it they're trying to achieve? Um, the ultimate outworking of that, of course, is Richard the Lionheart. He ends up, you know, part of the order. Um, and it's it's his family line. It's the Plantagenets that, that are really pumping money into them for that first period of them being established. And then thereafter, you know, they've got loads wow. of wealthy backers.
0: I mean, I suppose the most interesting one is, is the Vatican, the popes, because you get, you get this picture that the, the, these um, chivalric orders, that you've got the Teutonic, Teutonic Knights as well and the hospitalers mm. they're almost a lawn to themselves. It's like they don't have to obey orders from kings. The answer solely to the pope. Isn't that right?
2: Yes, and, there's, yeah, and, and there is a number of them, as as you say. It's not just, you know, the Knights Hospitaller and the Knights Templar. The Teutonics are German, but you've also got the Knights of the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, who were essentially attached to the Patriarch of Jerusalem. You've also got the Knights of Lazarus. Um, their symbols are green cross on white. If you happen to um, run across them on the battlefield, you'd, you'd sort of edge slowly away from them because they're all lepers. Okay, so uh, <laughs> they're an entire order of leper knights. So you imagine if you're on a battlefield, you come face to face with some guys with these big green crosses on. They do not care. They're going to die anyway, so they really don't care. Uh, so that was an order that was uh, in Jerusalem at the time as well. Um, you know, And like I said, the merchants of Amalfi, they had knights that were attached to them. Uh, the Temple Mount, they had their own order of guards and knights. So, you know, it's, it's a bit like... Um, if you think of the movie Kingdom of Heaven there's loads of people wandering around in that movie with loads of different insignia on and they because they're all members of different clubs and some of the clubs are bigger than some of the other clubs um the templars by about the third crusade they are big you know it's only really the knights of the patriarch of Jerusalem the knights of the holy sepulcher who can claim to be as big um, and then, somewhere sort of number three are the Teutonics, you know, and then number four, five, six, seven, eight is everybody else um and again, like you say self governing you know um the, the they 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 take the vows of monks, you know, which is poverty, chastity, and obedience um to what extent they stick to that over the years has been very hotly debated um you know, uh, the the later it gets in in the order, because basically you're talking about 300 years. You know, they begin in in the late 1000s, early 1100s, and the end end in inverted <laughs> commas. <laughs> we'll come to that later. They end in about 1314 to 1335. So you're only talking about a period of about 300 years. Um, Incredible, absolutely incredible, what they achieve in that time span, though.
0: Well, that's a good a good point because a lot of people speculate that sort of part of their mission once they once the first crusade had, it succeeded, and you know they were set up on the auspices of shepherding pilgrims from was it was Acre and Jaffa, the,
3: yeah, the straight, coast, like the, yeah.
0: the, the 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 route where people were liable to be attacked by bandits en route. That they had other missions, side quests, if you like, while they were there. Maybe even archaeological, archaeological side quests.
3: Absolutely.
2: Uh, In in actual fact, most people credit the Templars as being (laughs) the world's first official archaeologists. I take odds a bit with that, but some people do take that. Uh, What they do basically, the reason they're called Templars is they end up in this building called Solomon's Temple and it's joined onto the side of the Temple Mount. So if you can imagine the Temple Mount as a big flat rectangle with the Dome of the Rock in the middle, they're stuck on one end of it. They literally have one end of it. And certainly up to about 20 years ago, if you went with a guide and they showed you round this Um, Solomon's stables, they'd show you the mosque, they'd show you the area where they were based inside the stables, and then they'd show you the Templar Tunnel. Now, the Templar Tunnel is this enormous tunnel that they were digging, and they were heading for the area just beyond the Dome of the Rock, which is where the Holy of Holies and the Holy Place and the tabernacle and the original temple, where that would have stood. Now, when the Muslims built the um, Dome of the Rock in the 7th century, they put it next to where the original temple was. So actually, you have to overshoot it to get to the temple site. It was a nunnery in medieval times. That area was, was a nunnery. And they, they were tunneling under it to try and get to the to the basement complex. Um, they clearly found something because mm-hmm. they became incredibly rich. <laughs> um, so uh, mind you, you see, this is where the, the whole – the Vatican debate creeps in. Um, there's two practical points worth mentioning. Okay, we've had the Dead Sea Scrolls and we've had the Nag Hammadi Library, both of which are somehow connected to early Ju- you know, Judaism, the Hebrews. At the you know when the Romans were there, it's connected to that period. So the question is, was it? Gold, silver, and precious stones in the Ark of the Covenant, or was it another cache of material similar to the Dead Sea Scrolls or the Nag Hammadi Library, which you know at that point a thousand years ago, you know the the Catholic Church would have paid a fortune just to get that material out of circulation. You know, so that's the first thing. I I'm leaning towards it. You know, being more about information that they didn't want to get out. And then, and the second point to make is you've got this conspiracy where people say, well, if the Vatican had that, they would hide it in their Vatican library in the basement, which incidentally looks nothing like the Da Vinci code. Okay, forget all these hermetically sealed glass <laughs> cases with wonderfully cataloged, you know, shelves in. No, it's it's nothing like that. It would take Probably a hundred scholars, about three hundred years to actually get through what they've got on the shelves, you know, so it's not a conspiracy, it's just nobody actually as can can get in there and get hold of it all. There's just too much of it, you know, I can't remember I think somebody said there's three and a half miles of shelving you know it's it's it, there's two thousand years of information down there. Um, So I don't think it's necessarily a big conspiracy. I just think it's practicality. You know, yeah. I mean, they're not brilliant at translation, as we know, because Nag Hammadi Library was out in three and a half years because the Americans got hold of that in, in, in 1945. But 1947, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls, we still don't know if we've got all of it.
0: No, and there's a, there's a conspiracy around that. I read a book not so long ago. I think yeah. it was a Bajant and Lee, um, the, the same guys oh, yeah. who read uh, Holy Blood, was it uh, Holy Blood, Holy Cross, Holy Blood, Holy Grail. Uh, I think they did a book on the Dead Sea Scrolls. And, yes, and, did, and, and they talked about it being um, sort of like a closed shop, and that they were generally all Catholic uh, or, or Jesuit scholars who were employed in uh, deciphering or ch- doing the translations. Apart from Allegro from Marco Allegro, yeah. and we, yeah.
2: all, we all know what um, happened with him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, that is in in a, in a nutshell. That's what what happened. Yeah. Uh, but I think that something very similar to that happened on the First Crusade, I think they hit something uh, that was, you know, as radical. Um, I can't – I mean, I can't get my head around the idea that, well, you know, if it was gold or it was silver or it was anything like that, then it it would just – It would be enormously significant, but they wouldn't try and hide it and they would just feed that into the economy of the order. Now, yes, the order became fantastically rich, but that is because over time people were dying and they were leaving all the money. As you said, rich families were leaving all the money to the Templars. Also, they invented the traveler's cheque. (laughs) So, you know, (laughs) Manchester, you could dump like 100 pieces of gold into the, you know, the preceptory at Manchester and they give you a check that said, I promise to pay the bearer, you know, 99 pieces of gold when he gets to Jerusalem. So only the bearer of that could actually get the money out of the out of the treasury in Jerusalem. But then they made a piece of gold times that by 300 years. And you've got an enormous amount of money, you know, a huge amount of money. So that's, I think that's really where that comes from. That's the origins of of, of the Templar treasure at the end. Right.
0: Yeah. And again, it it's this idea of uh, people were getting robbed on the way to the Holy Land, and so they, they solved the problem. They found yeah. a way. They came up with a way of solving the problem. You know, you, you we've we've got that much, uh, what would you say, liquidity <laughs> that we yeah. can we can we can <laughs> yeah. take your money. You know, in 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 London or Paris or wherever you are, and we can doff it back out when you when you reach Jerusalem. It's in general, yeah, it's
2: a safe it's a safe bet.
0: Yeah. yeah, Um, I'd like to get more. Well, let's let's talk about the actual knights in battle because they have this incredible reputation for valor and being this <coughs> incredible fighting force. So, where, where does that, where does this come from? What, what what is it about the Templars that seems to make them? stand out on the battlefield and make themselves so feared by the uh the enemy
2: okay um there's a couple of things that feed into that um i mean if i just say nasty normans everybody knows about the nasty normans you know 1066 and all that you know they come over here and there's only 1600 of them 1600 and they take over the whole flipping country so these these guys you know they've been kicking ass for a long time they know how to fight you know Um, and then it gets worse because blow me if they don't go full-time because basically that's what the Templars are. They are the world's first standing army. So not only were they good to start with, but now they're even better because they can do this full-time, you know. Um, It would only take a small number of Templars, really, to cause a lot of problems. Um, I think Aker was an example you gave. I seem to remember the Muslim army numbered between thirty and 40,000 and the defending army at Acre, which was Templars, was 500. <laughs> so that gives you some idea. Admittedly, at the end of the day, they were defeated. Um, and they had to yeah. cheat. The Muslims actually cheated in order to defeat them because they sent an envoy in and said, look, if you just surrender and you are marching out now, there'll be no problems. You know, we'll let you go. You can get on your boats and sail away. Well, a lot of the Templars and a lot of the people that were a bit, more savvy than that got on the boats and left anyway but the the Templars that were left who did surrender they just massacred they just killed them on the battlefield because they would have remained as a fighting threat um yeah. Also, if you think, you know, it's it's Viking logic as well. Don't forget that Normans is just another word for Northern French Vikings. So the Vikings in battle, they wanted to die with a sword in the hand, and they came, you know, as far as they're concerned, once you do that, you go flying into the Mead Hall in Valhalla. Um, you're a hero. You know, that's it. You're eternal life assured. So they basically took the same logic and applied that to Christianity. And, they, you know, it was, okay, you know, We'll we'll acquire swords, and if we die in battle, we're straight in. Straight in there, you know, no worries at all. And all the sins were automatically absolved when they joined the order. The Pope just, that was it. So there was not a cat in hell's chance of them ever getting roasted in hell over a slow fire, you know. Um, They were doing God's work, and that was that. So when you put all those factors together... You know, you really didn't want to take on the Templars. They they were an enormously professional and very motivated fighting force. You know, that that's what they were. With loads of resources, shed loads of money and, you know, everything going for them.
0: I remember a story from, I think it was Dan Jones's book on the Templars a few years ago. And he tells a story of one of the knights, I can't remember which his name, it would have been some, some French name. Godefroy Boulon or something, <laughs> and yeah. it, he would he would like on the battlefield <laughs> he would stake himself down to the ground with a rope attached to his waist, like that. Say I'm not going anywhere. Talk about like, yeah. fight to the death. I mean they wow. they were, um, what's the word? Well, you could call them like fanatical, really tenacious.
2: Yeah, they are. They're they're pretty much suicide warriors. That, that's what they are. Um, that you know what? What can I say? They they. They really, really didn't care. I mean, it got to the point by the, I think I'm right in saying it was by around about the time of the Fourth or Fifth Crusade, in southern France, they've got the records there for membership of the various preceptories. They're missing missing everywhere else, but they've got them for southern France. Um, And it turns out that female knights outnumbered male knights at a rate of about two to one. Because what was happening was the male knights were just dying. You know, they were fighting so hard that they were all getting wiped out. And, of course, whoever the noble lady is, she inherits everything that her husband has. So they were inheriting all the money. They were inheriting all the castles and the armour and the horses. And then they were joining the French preceptories as female knights. So by the time you reach Joan of Arc, who's 100 years after the supposed end of the order, you know, by the time you get to her... Female knights are quite common. Uh, Uh They were actually quite common from the Anglo-Saxon times through the Vikings all the way onwards because they had this idea that if, if the knight was away, then his lady literally became the knight. You know, he handed her the keys to everything... And whatever he would say, whatever authority he had, was automatically passed to his lady. And that goes all the way back to to late Viking times. You know, when they were getting on ships and sailing off to do, you know, rape and pillage and plunder and all that. Then the lady that they left behind was in charge. She was left in charge.
0: Wow, um, <laughs> we've we've sort of hinted about them them carrying on. Maybe, maybe we should skip forward a bit to. Okay. The the end of Friday the thirteenth, thirteen oh seven and King of France. Mm. Is it Philip Philip the Fair, is it?
2: Philip the Fair, yeah. Um it was Friday the thirteenth, um, uh, as you say, um, when he decided he was gonna, you know, attack all the preceptories and arrest everybody. But unfortunately, um somebody leaked the information. So on Thursday, the twelfth of October. Um, the Templar Navy sailed away from France, took all the money with it, uh, and most of the preceptories he he decided he was going to arrest people from. It was like, you know, two old guys and a dog. That was all (laughs) he found, literally, you know. I think in the entire of France, the whole of France, apart from the leadership who stayed behind, I think there was about 400 or 500 knights that he actually arrested. Um, And he did it because he owed the Templars two-thirds of everything, so two thirds of the land, two thirds of the money, two thirds of well literally his kingship, he owed to the Templars. So the logic was, right, if I get rid of them, if I dissolve the order, I won't owe them the money anymore. But the irony is that the Templars also gave everything they had to the neighbouring hospitalers. So about 400 years later, I think the French crown was still fighting the hospitalers as an order to try and get all this money and property back. Which they've never got. They never actually recovered any of it. So everything he did was just a disaster. It was a complete failure. Um, yeah, continuity. Continuity is a good one. Um, I'll, I'll give you Britain as an example. Britain's a great example. Uh, we had three kings at the beginning of the thirteen hundreds, all called Edward. So you got Edward the First, Edward the II, Second, Edward the Third, and the Edwards really liked the Templars. They absolutely loved the Templars, thought the Templars were brilliant. So when the King of France decided he was going to kick off in 1314, I think it was Edward I said, do you know what? I'm just going to ignore him. I don't care. I'm just going to ignore him. So it dragged on Edward II, exactly the same. Edward III, so you're now in 1334. By that point, Edward III said, I think we'd better do something. Okay, lads, you're just going to have to. Get out of the way because, you know, you're you're still on papal lands. The Pope still has influence over you. You know, you you need to, you know, disappear. But they'd had all that time to give stuff to the hospitalers and to move elsewhere. Now, the Pope had no jurisdiction whatsoever in Wales or Ireland or Scotland. So by the time Edward's like, you know, Edward III's like, you need to go, lads. Um, They'd all disappeared. They'd all vanished into other places. And what does Edward III do? He starts the Order of the Knights of the Round Table and he starts the Order of the Garter. So it's like, okay, we can see what's going on here. This is rebranding. You know, that's basically what you're seeing, medieval (laughs) rebranding. So you get all these other orders of knights popping up. You get things like, you know, all of a sudden the Swiss flag has got a red cross in the middle of it on a white background. Oh, I wonder where all the money went. <laughs> you know, um, and the mercenaries, there's other orders like the Knights of the fleur de lis uh, Knights of Calatrava, Calatrava, can't really say that, Knights of Malta and Rhodes, you know, all these other orders. They're popping up all over Europe, but mostly working as mercenaries for <laughs> landowners, in some cases Catholic landowners, who need knights. They, you know, they just need these people to work for them. Um, and that's where most of them go. So a lot of these other orders you get. And, of course, they never touch the Hospitallers. They never touch the Teutonics. You know, nobody went near the Knights of Lazarus. Um, you, know, <laughs> you know, Knights of the Holy Sepulchre are still there. Patriarch of Jerusalem is still there. So really it was only the Templars that, that, that really got clobbered. They just went somewhere else. You that's know.
0: because of how... Uh, successful they were economically, would you say?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they had the ability. They, they, they knew they had commanderies. They had, uh, you know, caravanseries. They knew the road system. They had the biggest navy. I mean, it tickles me up. You know, this navy goes sailing off on Thursday the 12th <laughs> under a black flag <laughs> with with a white cross on it like that. So what do they do? They stick a skull over the white cross. Da-da, there you go. We're a renegade navy. You know, we're not making any bones about this. Oh, look, we are. It's on the flag. You know, we're now pirates. You know, and and that is recognised as the origins of of pirating. The
0: jolly roger. You know? yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's to, back to the Templars again. You know, yeah. um, it, it's incredible what they achieved and where they ended up.
0: What What do you make of these whispers and rumours of the Templars going to Scotland and fighting with Robert the Bruce?
2: okay i can I can exclusively reveal from oops from masonic sources right so we 're going from the guys now who have a vested interest in trying to find out what the hell 's going on from Scottish masonic sources they 've gone back to several of the chapels that are known to be connected to the Templars surrounding particularly the battlefield for the Battle of Bannockburn. Now, the reason they did that is that you got 60,000 English knights and a king versus 10,000 Scottish farmers what? who were basically brandishing pitchforks at them. And what nobody could understand is how 10,000 Scottish farmers can get 60,000 knights to pack up shop and clear off back to England. Nobody could get their head around that. So that was the reason why they went digging for this information. Because in the records, it's already known that some band of camp followers, you know, suddenly appeared. The English thought they were reinforcements and cleared off. That's not the true full story, because in three... Of the documents that they found, the reinforcements are clearly illustrated as knights dressed in black and white. Now you can imagine the English are sat there, they've just booted like the Templars out, you know, it's not far after 1340. I can't remember Bannockburn's 1340s, I think, 1330s, 1340s. And they're confronted by the medieval equivalent of the SAS. And they've got no idea how many of them there are. And they're coming over the top of the hill to reinforce Robert the Bruce and the Scots. Well, at that point, it's game over, isn't it? You know what I mean? Because we've already discussed, you're not going to win. In in a best case scenario, you're all going to die. So, you know, the king being what he was, because Edward was not uh, young at this point. He was quite old. He clearly took the easier route and he packed up shop and went home but the masons have have done the due diligence and they've dug that out of the documents you know there are these knights there in black and white so i don't think it's a i don't think it's a theory anymore i think we're now at the point of saying yeah that is that is pretty much what happened you know wow i
0: like
1: that
0: i do i just find it fascinating this stuff they're so connected like you've mentioned freemasonry there. Um, I suppose architecture—that's another good sort of area to go into with Freemason, uh, Freemasonry, with the Templars, because they're often um, connected to the uh, Gothic uh, cathedral building age, and, and maybe yeah. they had some expertise in, in that area.
2: I can tell you a great story. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll turn. In, I'm now going to turn into a medieval bard. There's no evidence that this story is true. But I'm going to tell you it anyway, because it kind of illustrates the point. The idea was that in the 1300s, when Richard the Lionheart got over there and decided he was going to attack Saladin, the idea was that they met up before the battle. And basically, Richard the Lionheart turns up with his massive double-handed broadsword, you know what I mean, real big piece of kit, and his armour plated from head to foot. And he walks up to this uh, timber platform, and Saladin sat in his throne on top of this timber platform, you know, in all his uh, Islamic glory. And Richard the Lionheart walks up to him, and he he sticks this sword into this wooden platform. He just, you know, he kind of goes bang, and he goes, that is the might of the English army that has come against you. So what Saladin does is he very calmly draws out his scimitar from his side and just holds it next to him. And a servant walks over and drops a a silk handkerchief onto the blade. And the silk handkerchief just goes like that, cuts in half. At which point it's said that the two leaders became friends. Now, that tells you all you need to know, because the Islamics were better at language. They were better at weaponry. They were better at tactics. They were better at medicine. They were better at astrology and astronomy. You know, and more to the point, they were better at architecture and mathematics. Um, There's a brilliant story that one of the Templars over in Derbyshire, which is not a million miles from where we are, uh, at one of the churches over there, brought a couple of Moorish architects to Derbyshire in order to build his churches. It's in the historical records, and you can look at the church buildings, you can see, you can very clearly see this Moorish architectural influence, and a a shed load of Templar graves as well, which kind of gives the the game away. Um, So clearly they were employing a lot of these Middle Eastern connections in what they were doing, you know. Absolutely. Yes. Totally. ten percent You know, they, they had the guys over here helping them out with buildings. You've only got to have a look at Chartres Cathedral. That's, that's really the, the benchmark. Uh, go and have a nosy at that. If you want to do it in this country, go and have a nosy at Roslyn Chapel. Um, the same mentality is in, is in both buildings, you know, um, Roslyn's interesting. Roslyn actually does prove in a way that the Templars continued because that dates from the 1400s. And the best thing you can do in Scotland is just go and have a look at the clan burial grounds because you've got burials from like the ten hundreds, the 1100s, 1200s, 1300s, 1400s, 1500s, 1600s. You look at the actual style of the burials and nothing changes. They're all the same. You've got the same depictions... Of contemporary knights, right through, you've got the same Templar iconography. You've got the same language. I mean, I'm speaking as an archaeologist now. Um, you know, there's just no break; it never ends. So you can see where they're getting it from very clearly.
0: This is the the Sinclair family, who were originally the Saint Clairs, another French knightly name, isn't it? Who sort of sponsored yeah. this this chapel, which is like a. There's that famous pillar. Is it the the Apprentice pillar?
2: Yeah, yeah. These. The, this, is the fam- this is the. Very this is the family that sailed and... sailed to America in was it 16, 16 no it was twelve twelve twenty three was it they they sailed over <laughs> there I've been to Rosalind, it's it's a great thing as I walked in and I'm wandering around and I'm looking at you know all the decorations and that and there's an arch over one of the windows and they've got corn on the cob <laughs> going over the arch and you're like you're not telling me they didn't go to to America where the hell did they get corn on the cob from. <laughs> You know, um, pretty bonkers. If you really want your mind blown, there was an excavation down on, on in London. I think it was Canary Wharf, I'm right in saying they were excavating Canary Wharf. And in the layer from like the 1220s to 1230s, they got a banana skin. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, what on earth was going on? You know, clearly they were all over the place doing loads of things that, just later got attributed to Christopher Columbus who incidentally was attached to one of the orders of knights that survived after the templars really? you know um, his patron was an ex templar you know the cross on his sails is a templar cross you know and more to the point where the hell did he get his maps from how did he know where he was going you know <laughs>
0: Right, yeah, because um, well, there was controversy with his brother, wasn't there, that his, his brother may have stolen some maps or copied some maps and claimed that they were his own, something. something's ringing a bell in my head about
2: Chris. Yeah, they, they'd be the Islamic maps, I would imagine. Yeah, there were, there were a lot of maps knocking around in the area where Columbus was at that time. Uh, most of them came from the east. You know, they'd travelled over from Islamic and Moorish sources, um and they would so clearly they were copying them, you know, but then why could it not equally as well have been maps that were owned by the Knights? You know? You got the biggest navy in the world, which the Templars did have. You know, <laughs> Columbus is only a hundred years after after that. Um and they tended to hang on to everything back then. So why would you not have Templar maps, you know?
0: Yeah, we're just solving mm. this story, aren't we, about Columbus, which, I mean, I, I mean, it's unravelled so much over the last couple of decades. <laughs> I remember reading that Gavin men <laughs> is it Gavin Menzies' book about the Chinese treasure fleets uh, predating yeah. Columbus, and they, they seem to have been everywhere, circumnavigated the globe pretty much.
2: It's the book called, it's called 1492, isn't it, the book, if I remember rightly, and they had ships that were the biggest ever seen The Chinese absolutely enormous ships, you know, uh, carrying hundreds of people. So, yeah, clearly things are not quite as the history books depict them.
0: Yeah, several different squadrons. Like, one squadron went, I think, via the Spice Islands, and then one squadron went north, like, to the Arctic Circle. One ended up in Antarctica, the ice wall, as we like to call
2: it. Well we already know the vikings got to greenland we know that because you've got lonsong's meadows which is the site in in greenland but now they've started jumping down the greenland coast the archaeologists having a look and i think there's another one lower down that looks like it was viking and then obviously you've got if you watch ancient aliens and all these kind of programs on blaze and what have you you know they've got all kinds of stuff out there but i i knew that uh, <laughs> because of a book by a guy called Barry Fell that was written in the 1970s, and it's called America BC. And when it was published, it was banned (laughs) because it shows everything. You've got Romans, Egyptians, Phoenicians, you know, Chinese, Irish, Vikings, you know, medieval, all of that stuff was what he was interested in. And he brought all the evidence together. And, of course, the Americans went, you know, we can't have this. Wow. you know so it disappeared but you can still get it I'm, I'm sure i'm sure it'll be on amazon yeah back issues
0: i talking about the templars going up to scotland do you think does this play into the freemasonic connection because it seems to me from what i picked up that there is a definite link between the templars and freemasonry um some people think it's just symbolic or maybe it's uh, a <laughs> The Freemasonic orders were trying to emulate the Templars or something like that, but I don't know. What, what where do you stand on the on the links between them?
2: Okay, um, as a historian, I've dug into it. Um, I'm fortunate enough, fortunate enough to have had uh, some access to the Masonic material. Um, I've had quite a few things passed to me over the years as well. Um, the argument in Scotland is that they have a habit of engineering things backwards. So actual datable stuff, if you like, at the earliest is probably late 1400s, early 1500s. That's your problem. So you've got a gap. Whichever way you look at it, you've got a a 100-year gap. Then if you go from Scottish right, you decide to have a look at English right, you've got an even bigger gap because that's early 1600s with a couple of scattered references going back into the late 15s. But it does appear, I've got to say, it does appear fairly convincing that there's continuity there. But you've got to bear in mind, because you're coming up to date now, that what history seems to be showing us is a bit of a confused picture. You've got this idea that the order actually kind of exploded, if you like, in 1314 up to about 1340, and it's scattered to form all these other Different fragmented fragmented orders, so you could broadly say, okay, that's that's Templars rebranded. That that's one branch, but then also in the 1380s, the Pope at the time said, well, we can't find anything wrong with these Templars. We don't know why it's ended up the way it is. You know, we're going to dissolve them anyway, but actually, we secretly like them. You know, so there's a possibility in a Catholic sense, that the original Templars carried on as a religious order, you know, in one form or another. They could have survived. Then you've got the Masonic Templars, and and they're unashamedly, you know, claiming a link back to, you know, the scattering of the Templars. So you've got them, and nowadays you've got independent orders. Um, And in Europe, um, like the independent order of um, Templars of England and Wales, which exist, um, they are currently leading 18 other independent orders all of whom can trace their lineage back to one one or another branch of the templars so it's clear that, that well counting counting britain there are at least 19 other independent branches that have survived so really you've got you you've got the scattered rebranded lot you've got the masonic lot you've got the ones the catholics really rather liked and then you've got these survivalist orders that are still there so far from them disappearing i think there's there's a lot of evidence to say that there is continuity there i I do think there is some continuity
0: going back to the dissolution um they were accused of all sorts of awful things like heresy and uh, sodomy and Occult practices and whatnot. Do you think this is? Do you think there's any truth in that, or as you're reading that, this is a King Philip propaganda campaign?
2: Well, it's interesting because, okay, the same identical set of accusations that were levelled at the Templars. I think it was in 1307 okay. that they came up with them um, and executed them in 13. 13- 14 That identical same set of accusations is used against the witches. So, the witches in the 1500s and six, certainly the 1600s, those accusations against the witches are identical. They didn't even bother to change the commas and full stops. You know what I mean? They just copied it over. So the first thing that they did was deal with the blokes they didn't like, and then the next thing they dealt with was with the the ladies they didn't like, and they just used the same formula. So that actually, that smacks of the stitch up. I can't say it any other way. That just looks completely false.
3: Mm.
2: However, (coughs) However, this is where it does get a bit interesting. Some of the accusations make sense. There's one in there where they say they worshipped a head. They were accused of worshiping some kind of a head. Well, yes, they had a lot of reliquies of saints. So the worship of, you know, heads was not that far out of, you know, out of kilter for that day and age. But if they had the Turin shroud, when the Turin shroud is the cloth of Edessa, when it was folded up to be displayed in Edessa, the only thing you could see of the shroud was its face, was its head. So I don't see a problem worshipping that. You know, what, what? what's your problem here? It's only the same as all the other things the Catholics were worshipping. So, yes, I don't think there's a problem with that. Now, the idea of spitting and stamping on the cross, that's an interesting one as well because archaeologically – the whole idea of being called a Christian and wearing one of those things Roman torture implements round your neck only occurs in the 3rd, 4th and 5th century. So it's not something in the 1st and 2nd century that any of the early Christians would have recognised. They just, they just wouldn't have known what on earth it was all about. Also, it represented what I'm going to call churchianity, but a medieval form of churchianity. So it was a particular type of branding, you know, that was used at that point. But if you actually knew what shape the real cross was, then you would certainly treat that Roman torture implement as as being an insult. So when you're being initiated into the, the, the Order of Templars, why not stamp on it? You know, why not reject it? Why not become a Templar, which is what they were doing. And trust me, it is, it's completely the wrong shape. You can't actually crucify anybody on something that shape. It just, it's impossible. It doesn't work. You know, um, you're going down the Monty Python route, you know, where the whole thing would collapse and the person would simply fall off. You know, Um, the Romans were doing six to 800 people a day. There's no way they would have dovetailed, glued, roped, pegged, screwed, nailed, you know, all the crosses together in the middle and then tried to stand up a structure that's only got one single centre column. There's no way they would do that, you know, uh, six to eight hundred times a day. They had two uprights and right. you carry a beam called a stauros, which is true to the New Testament language, and you just hoist the beam on top of it. And that's it. So your cross actually is is a cross beam with two uprights. It's, it's basically the shape of a door. That's that's what shape it is. Wow. Um And it's, it doesn't take a genius to work that out. I'm sure the Templars would, with access to the original documentation, so we're back where we came in, with access to that knowledge and original translations of John and all the Islamic Sufis, of course, who've never changed their tune. You know, religion in the Middle East has always been the same. That must have come to a, as a hell of a shock to European medieval Christians. You know, it was definitely not what they expected. Uh, And they end up becoming a completely different, you know, essentially a Gnostic type of religion. That's what the Templars become. So the accusations could actually be true but wouldn't necessarily present a problem. That having been said, I think they they do go a bit far with it, with the accusations. The whole idea of sodomy and you know all that sort of thing. It was any any male dominated order that accusation was you know leveled against them over the years, probably still is, um, you know. Um, but it doesn't make it true.
0: No, it, I I can see the the sort of idolatry angle as well. That maybe these yeah. Templars would have seen worshiping the the cross as being a form of idolatry um But I mean,
2: but it's the, it's it's the first commandment, isn't it? You shall have no image. Exactly. There you yeah.
0: go. bum. Yeah. So they <laughs> could be seeing a, a whole sort of uh what would you say, like uh, the the way the religion was moving at that time. We get all this. There's a, a massive explosion of iconography in the medieval era, isn't there? With the cathedral building and these massive stained glass windows and the sculpture and everything and that maybe just rubbed them the wrong way, I guess. Uh,
2: well, it's the origins of, you know, give us your money or you're all going to hell. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, which is nonsense. You um, know, there you go.
0: Just just going back to, you know, you were you talking earlier about maybe they were finding documentation in the Holy Land, maybe dangerous information. I wonder if this ties in with the Holy Grail in some respects, meaning the royal blood. Do you think there's any possibility that they found they got intel about descendants of Jesus and that's why what, what they were keeping secret?
2: Okay. Um I know we're not we haven't got an enormous amount of time, so I'm just no. going to, you know, shoot it to duck and say it how it is. <laughs> um there's no bloodline because Jesus did not have children. Uh the reason for that is he fulfilled all of the old testament law. And if you check out Deuteronomy, uh, whichever male breaks the virgin is married to the virgin. So legally, legally by Old Testament law, not biologically, I hasten to add, but legally, he was entirely responsible to take on the sort of Adamic husband role for his mother Mary. And that is exactly what you find in the Gospels. He acts as a husband throughout. So he would never have taken on another partner. It just would never have happened. Uh, the whole idea of, you know, uh, the grail being, you know, the womb and the bloodline. And, uh, you know, I, I cringe as, as a historian and a scholar because all of that's come up in about the last 60, 70, 80 years. You know, it, it, it's a myth it's a modern day myth um if you went back into you know victorian times just you know a couple of hundred years ago you you would not have found that that is that is not the case i've just got a book out as well um i hope i can say this right it's called the polychronicon of merlin joseph and arthur nice. it's on amazon and that explains in graphic detail exactly what a grail is, and how it works, and how it functions, uh, and why all this modern stuff is is nonsense. So, if people want to get it in hardback, because it's a glorious book in hardback, it looks marvelous. Um, so dash out and grab that. But no, there are there are no there is no bloodline. Um, people are then going to jump on that, and they're going to go, "Well, hang on a minute, somebody called Jesus went and evangelized, evangelized India, you mm-hmm. know." To which my response is 23% of the population of Jerusalem were called Jesus because (laughs) Jesus is an Anglicization of Joshua. Joshua, His real name's Yeshua. We only changed it so we didn't get him confused with the bloke in the Old Testament. Um, Even as a, a brother, John, who is a stepbrother, who actually physically resembles him. And it's said that he went to India. So I don't have a problem with somebody called Jesus wandering around India who happens to look, you know, messianic, evangelizing them. That's not a problem because there were tons of them. They were all over the place. But it's not the dude that dies on the cross. Absolutely not. It's not the same. It's not the same guy at all, you know. Yeah. yeah, confusion sells books.
0: <laughs> well, it, it's so murky, isn't it? That first couple of centuries after after the the event, you know, there's very little sort of solid information. There's just the odd quote here and there from from uh, Pliny or Tacitus or whatnot, and then all of a sudden we have this explosion of Christianity. It's like, whoa, where did this come from? You know.
2: Um. Yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. Um, I'm just about to start working on a book which I'm going to call it, hopefully this is the working title, um, the keys to the temple. Because what I want to do is I want to have a look at those first couple of centuries and try and, you know, set the boat on the right course kind of thing. But actually up to now, I think I've got 800 documents that fit in that time period that are relevant. So, you know, yes, you've got Pliny, you've got, you know, Josephus, you've got all these people outside of biblical writing. But then you've also got Old Testament Apocrypha, New Testament Apocrypha, Dead Sea Scrolls, Nag Hammadi Library, all the other scrolls that have turned up since. You know, they're coming from all over Egypt. You know, there's just tons of them. There's stuff out there now, things like the Gospel of Judas was turned up recently. You know, there's stuff that most people don't even know exists that wasn't around when they put those, quote, original versions together. Um, Plus the fact modern translators have have really took some terrible liberties uh, with the Bible. If anyone wants to study it, get get your um, revised standard version because the New International Version leaves about 600 verses out of the Old Testament and about 250 out of the New um, for reasons that are beyond me. Um, Get yourself a a, – there's a – NRSV a new revised standard version that's particularly good because that's got all the rest of the stuff in it as well get one of those with an apocrypha and it's rock and roll you're off you know what i mean <laughs> uh, the the one you're talking about is is um, constantinian post constantinian christianity Um, By that point, the Romans had already come up with this insult. They were calling, you know, Christians, Christians, because that's what they came up with. And all of a sudden, Jesus looks like Zeus, you know what I mean? Because that's basically what Constantine wanted. And the whole thing is Romanized. It's Again, it's rebranded, you know. But again, people in the first century would not have recognised, you know, half of what was going on. But even then, if you dig through the Constantinian stuff, it's little details. It's like... Uh, His mum, Empress Helena, goes over to the Holy Land and she brings back, you know, various bits and bobs, bits of the cross, you know, and and a robe and a few other things. But it very clearly tells you that she brought back four crucifixion nails. Not three. She brings back four, which implies that he's nailed with his arms and legs apart which is the door structure, okay, and that that is supported by archaeology. So even then, even in the kind of years of nonsense, there's still a few little rays of light that slip through. You've just got to look, you know, you've got to know where to look really to find that. I love the fact that Constantine's probably buried under a burial mound in a cow field out next door to a pub near <coughs> near Efrog, Care, Care just outside uh, Wrexham. Really it, um, no sorry Viraconium uh, Roxeter the Roman city of Roxeter um there's actually a place called Constantine basically um and he's I think he eaten Constantine and he's said to be buried there so uh, you need to go and buy the King Arthur book.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Good shout. Uh, yeah. I read a I read a decent book recently. Well, it's an old book about the uh, the catacombs. It was an analysis of uh, the catacombs in Rome. I'll drop me an email if I remember
2: what it was. Called oh yeah, yeah, that'd be fantastic. It might be useful I've, if I've you been does. in those. I think I think I've got some little. Don't tell anybody, but I've got some little pieces of bone. I couldn't resist picking up some little fragments <laughs> of bone from the catacombs. So, I've I've got them in an archaeological packet somewhere, clearly labelled, so people know what they are. Um, you're probably safe
0: then that's that sounds official (laughs) (laughs) well mark this has been Uh, fantastic
1: yeah amazing yeah
0: we should let you go we've uh, blown over an hour already oh really yeah yeah gosh i don't feel like i've got started i know well you're gonna have to come back and we'll maybe do a different subject next time yeah definitely yeah further down the line
2: Yeah. Or, or the other thing is have a look at all the other mysteries that we didn't cover, and I'll just do a Templars part two, if yeah. you want. Yeah, I'm quite be. up for doing that. Yeah, absolutely,
1: yeah. We've yeah. been six yeah. years without Templars. We we deserve a rich vein of Templar. A, a binge. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Templar there binge. you go.
0: <laughs> right, Mark, well, this has been fantastic. Thanks once again for joining us. And uh, folks at home, check out Mark's book. It's the best thing to search on Amazon. Is Amazon the best place, Mark?
2: Okay, I'll, 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 I'll finish on a very, very, very quick advert, okay? Uh, right. If you want any of the books, because I think there are nine different books in all now, they're all on Amazon. The whole lot is on Amazon. So just type my name in. It doesn't matter how complicated the name of the book is. Sooner or later you'll find it, because there are nine of them on there. Uh, if you want to see me in action doing any of the media stuff I've done in the past, it's all on YouTube, and it's all in one place. So go find Drake Michigan. If you go find the Drake, Michigan site, it's all on that. And if anybody wants to contact me, again, really simple, Facebook, and just drop me a line on Messenger. Come, come and friend me. As long as your name's not Fifi Trixabel and you're not like a fairy with a rainbow as your picture, you know, and you're some trucker from Birmingham, you know, 40-stone trucker. Um, as long as you're not kind of, you know, trying to pull a fast one, um, I'll accept you. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll friend you. Um, so that's it, really. It's Amazon, YouTube, and Facebook come
0: smashing. find me smashing well you I heard it here. Right. We, we shall sign off for this part and uh, return in 10 or 15 minutes for uh, and open the phone lines Eh? yeah let's do that see yeah. you on the other side well it's been an absolute pleasure Mark thanks once again for joining us and uh, wish you luck with uh, the new book as well
2: thank you thank you very much
0: yeah
1: thanks Mark
2: pleasure
0: <laughs> okay uh, stay on the line for us for one minute Mark uh, you two Will out do. you lot out in YouTube land. Uh, we'll see you very shortly.
1: Alright.
2: Ta. Cheers.
0: Bye. Yes. Right. Right then we're back. The dwarfs. Money bickering! And the mother of madness. Oh, right, should we open the phone lines? Let's see if I can do this first time. This time. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Can we open the phone lines, please? Save, lotland.
1: Hello,
2: you're through to the office in decision. How can I handle your call? The lass. lads, lads, lads. <laughs> 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 phone lines open. Well,
1: that sounded like it worked, didn't it? That sounded really good. I can't believe you got the queen to uh... <laughs> back from the dead. On that, yeah, yeah. I know it took a lot of. Uh... Grams. Yeah, a lot of seance in, <laughs> Yeah, A little Baphomet head. Oh, the little Templar
0: kiss the an- kiss of the anus.
1: A kiss of the anus. That's
0: something that they were accused of. The Templars of uh, part of the in- initiation ritual, as well as spitting on the cross. They had to kiss the anus of uh, their their leader. All right. Or whoever was initiating them at the time. her up. her up. <laughs> and the stink. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the phones, the phones are open. Uh, Skype. What's the Skype? Live call on the Armist Inquisition. Or you can give us a call if you want. If you're in the UK, zero seven five six 245 894. We'd, we'd like to hear from you. If you want to come and say hello or talk about anything you've, that's on your mind, then uh, feel
1: free to. Yep, we are here so, for you.
0: <laughs> yeah, it should work. I've got my phone ready. Oh, I'll tell you what I haven't done. I haven't connected Bluetooth. Oh, hey. Hey, tell you what, I haven't even turned my Bluetooth on. <laughs> it's very, um, it's very, what's the word? Uh, sporadic, disorganized. Yeah. Look, now Discoveral all this two. So if I connect that, connecting, it says paired. <laughs> it's not your phone. It's not my <laughs> phone. It's one I stole from the wife. <laughs> Wife's S ten. I need <laughs> a new one. I've cracked the screen on it now in several places. S ten. It is, yeah. yeah
1: I got the, an S10 um, for a work phone.
0: The uh, charging port doesn't work properly. No. Uh, the 3.5 jack is broken. 3.5 jack. It's on its last legs. I need to get another reconned one. Yeah. Get. A, I can get a recond one of them for about £130. Pounds. An S10? Yeah. Is that a lot? Like,
1: no, yeah, I think that's a lot for an S10. I don't think I think that's what they are. Is it? Yeah. Bloody yeah. hell.
0: Well, what's the latest Samsung? It'd be over a thousand pounds, won't it? And it's the size
1: of a small house. So. <laughs> it's yeah, like yeah, a, the a kind of tablet pounds. Moses came down the mountain with. I couldn't believe. I was thinking the other day. I can't believe phones are so expensive. Like twelve hundred quid for for the latest iPhone, or probably more now. But then I remembered. I thought that when they were like three hundred pounds. Who's I mean, going to pay three hundred pounds for a phone? The thing
0: <laughs> is, no one does.
1: No one pays twelve hundred pounds no. for it. No. They well, pay they, forty pound a month. Well, they do eventually. They just don't see it coming out. Yeah. No. So, it's not, if
0: if you had to hand over the twelve hundred pound, no one would buy them. I don't think. It is a rid-
1: ridiculous, yeah. amount. Of, I don't know how much they are to buy sim free. Probably the same price, aren't they? But yeah, you, uh, I guess so. you save money even though it's you're forking out twelve hundred quid in one fell swoop. Yeah. Anyway, if you just join us, we just
0: had a great chat with Mark Holly, didn't we, about the Templars?
1: TV star Mark Holly. What do you
0: make of it? All the Templar
1: stuff. Uh, It's interesting. It does remind me of when I was reading Dan Brown in in the old days. But I mean, yeah, that that was interesting as well. Um, So yeah.
0: Well, I mentioned the Bajant and Lee book, uh, Holy Blood, Holy Grail. I think they're the authors who tried to sue Dan Brown for plagiarism. There was a big lawsuit when the Da Vinci Code came out. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was those two guys. I don't think they're around now. I think they passed away because, you know, we're going back to... 20... <coughs>
1: Did Dan have uh, him off?
0: I think he won in court, you know. Right, okay. I might be getting this completely wrong, but I seem to remember there was a controversy and he was being sued. Yeah, I do remember but, yeah. a bit of a kerfuffle. I remember going through a phase 20-odd years ago, reading, I read all Dan Brown yeah, books. Yeah, Angels
1: and Demons and yeah.
0: the other one. There was one, I don't know, Ice Station Zebra, was it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: like um uh slaughterhouse five guy what's his name ah uh, anyway um what was the one about there was like a there was like a an antimatter bomb under the vatican that was angels and demons. that was angels and demons yeah i, I oh. like that one it seemed a little uh, it was better than, more than realistic. The da Vinci <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and the battery was it was in a containment f- field like yes a, yeah was, and yeah. the battery was going to run out and That's the guy it. had he'd rigged a video camera on on the handy yes a video so they had a live feed of this antimatter could bomb see it going off. and uh you mcgregor was the priest did he make a film of angels indeed yeah yeah Did yeah, they? Yeah. oh
1: shit Ewan
0: mcgregor was the priest and uh i think he wasn't he behind it he there was some sort of uh conspiracy he was doing it to revive the church or something right but you know, it's funny. Now it's pop fiction, isn't it? it is that the one with the
1: lads who were whipping themselves?
0: Yeah, Opus Dei. Opus Day.
1: Yeah, that's
0: that self-flagellation. Great bunch of lads, <laughs> are they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know any. <laughs> no, I mean, I wouldn't want to. You, you might do. <laughs> Didn't they have something around the thigh that used to bite Constantly into the thigh? Like
1: yeah, so he could pain his his uh, remembrance or something.
0: Yeah, that's kind of like a monastic thing, you know. Uh, with these guys called stylites are you familiar with the
1: stylites are they the downy ones or the uppy ones
0: <laughs> rather than stalactites <laughs> and stalagmites there was stylites and the famous one was simon simon stylite
1: simon stylite
0: yes and um he went up a pillar basically and he just stayed there for four
1: decades oh, he like never a, came down a yeah, magician david, david copperfield <laughs> oh,
0: david copperfield <Blaine>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah. Kind of, (laughs) said these guys did it for reals, (laughs) and he started a movement. So there was other stylites started appearing then and doing the same thing.
1: All right, it was
0: this thing of just like, um, oh, what would they call it? Um, Most like the stories of John the Baptist, Uh, he would wear like this rough, uh, like straw camel camel hat camel (coughs) hair, you know, smock, and he just ate locusts and honey. I can't remember the name for it, a type of mode of being where you're, you're sort of deliberately shunning any sort of comfort
1: yeah yeah there's a bit a bit of that in the quakers isn't it where they meeting unadorned mm-hmm. rooms and things is there yeah i think there's a lot of, there's a, a touch of that in every religion i can't remember what it's called it's that that kind of simple amish life <laughs> yeah i don't know it's giving away all your riches and all that
0: jazz Oh yeah, definitely. That's a huge component. Well, as Mark said about the Templars, that's that's what they signed up for. Yeah. These French noble landowners. And that's where they got a lot of their power from because the, the Templars just inherited, they became massive landowners. Mm. And land was, you know, as good as money back in the day. Well, mean, it yeah. is now, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. You know, but it wasn't just the knights. They had all the staff
1: mm. uh,
0: who were sort of connected. They, were, they weren't templars in in the sense that they'd sort of taken the same holy orders but they were um, you know while well, he mentioned squires did he and yeah. uh they the had all sorts horses. all sorts of yeah they'll have had stable boys and people who looked after the horses yeah. people who managed the properties and the their holdings Then they had the banking side people who just worked in the the banking side of things it's mad. running the cash machines yeah, 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 running the cash, emptying them. <laughs> emptying it. the cash machines and topping them up. It turned into a corporation, like the first corporation.
1: Smart, isn't it? And it all disappeared, or did it? Or did it? I don't <laughs> know. I
0: don't know. But yeah, it's interesting. It's one of my favorite. It's, it's interesting how this subject seems to tie in with lots of others, like yeah. Freemasonry or Holy Grail or the cathedral building era, ancient architecture, architecture yeah. the art. You know, it's was, do you remember
1: that that chapel we went to near Avebury, and that had some saints in it, like wood cuttings and stuff? I've got I took photos of them, but I remember thinking, "What? They've all got weapons, these lads." So I'll have to look back at them photos and see if they're they're sort of saintly or yeah, small. it's like there was each Apo- apostle had certain iconography. Yeah, there, there was more than twelve of them as well. There's a, there was a, there's a Fair few, and they were yeah. all in those little reliefs, weren't they? On the yeah, on
0: the you find that in all sorts of churches, like the church near us. Isn't it the church near us? They have statues up high of each twelve, yeah. twelve, and they, they each have different iconography, iconographical motifs. One will have a set square, oh, yeah, one yes. will have a sword.
1: Oh, right, I can't remember. they Their own, their own special, but maybe relating to their day jobs or something perhaps i don't know i don't know it's a mad
0: christian iconography is a rabbit hole in itself
1: <laughs> yeah random I was, shit. i was finished i think a... was it helen in the chat saying that uh, in the um roslyn chapel there's a relief of a fox preaching to a group of chickens or something wow and and you know all that mad american stuff from before america was found corn on the cob and whatnot the maze the maze, maze.
0: Yeah, I've never been. Never been I haven't. It's Chapel.
1: good. That should be on the list. That should be. on a, When do we go on our annual pilgrimage to somewhere weird? Well, last year we'll was March, wasn't it? Let's put it on the list. Where is it?
0: The uh, Edinburgh. It's high. It's high. I think. I is think it high? It's, uh, I think it's high. <laughs> I like think it's north of Edinburgh.
1: I'm not going high. I don't know. I don't know. Shall I look it up. Let's look it up.
0: Um, I'll just click to. Uh, I'll just. We'll, we'll con- book
1: it bucket. Matt's not here.
0: <laughs> consult the book of not knowledge roslyn Ooh. chapel chapel
1: uh, oh it's in roslyn 44 quid there you go tickets and tours
0: let's click maps let's see it is uh here we go let's
1: it's uh
0: let's zoom out here there's roslyn there's roswell
3: <laughs> Ros- roswell
0: <laughs> newton grange newton grange that's a bunny rig
1: Keith, i've heard of that edinburgh there we go oh it's south of edinburgh oh, oh it's just round the corner hop, skipping a jump man i reckon that's closer than stonehenge do you reckon that's the peripheral... oh here we go how long did it take what time I've did we have to, set... to die on
0: <laughs> what time did we have to set off to get to stonehenge five o'clock <laughs> three hours three hours
1: right three hours to rosson chapel yeah I think that's less than Stonehenge. There's, less than
0: there's four sets of roadworks en route.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's definitely less. I would say. Come on.
1: Oh, oh yes. four hours to Stonehenge. Yeah, By a country mile. Hey, how about hours. how about we still set off at five and just do something for an hour <laughs> on the way? Then we should. <laughs> hey, we might be able to stop at T Bay Services. Oh, what a treat! Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the finest services.
0: Yeah, um, I wonder. Yeah, I mean, there must be other stuff to do because I mean, you can't spend a fucking like two days in Roslyn Chapel, surely? This strip clubs in Edinburgh. What about at Gorebridge? <laughs> Gorebridge? Gorebridge. That sounds. Uh, yeah, Preston Pans. That would make us feel at home, wouldn't it? If we Preston went to Preston Pans. Pans, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I mean, Gla- uh, Glasgow's the, the night out in Scotland, isn't it? I but, don't know. I mean,
1: Edinburgh's quite nice. For a night out. Yeah, I've, I've worked in Edinburgh Around a few the times. And Edinburgh Castle, you know, I've not yeah. been there since I was a kid. Yeah. You should do it. Because you could stay in Edinburgh and go to, go to Roslyn, I think.
0: Well, we have to disguise our accents when well, we have to put on Scottish accents so That's we right. don't get home-drawn and quoted.
1: Do you like us? We're from the north.
0: We're from it's the south. south the,
1: well, some southern, as you say. Oh, hang on. We've got a. What's this
0: message what's, here?
1: Oh, what's going on? Chats. That's very uh, kind of whoever that is. Um, why isn't it coming up? <laughs> is it is Oh, there. oh, oh! Is it a
0: message from uh, <coughs> Sam? Fancy a chat about twenty twenty four predictions? Supposed to be a mental year. Uh, yeah, definitely Sam. That's what we're here for. If you want to, if you want to uh, phone in, dial in.
1: Oh, nice. I saw a I saw a good film last night, Phil. Oh yeah, what was it? Well, is it Barbie? The Creator. <laughs> Which is um, uh, quite good. It's about AI and AI going rogue and robots. Oh, I'm sorry, Ben. Yeah, I have, to, I have <laughs> to... What do I click? This one? Yeah, that one, yeah. Oh, the, there's a video one as well. All right. I
3: play
0: can, play you play oh, can you hear us, Sam? I can
3: hear you. Can you hear me? Bless. Uh, Yay! Hi, hi, Sam. How are you doing? Good evening. Yeah, not too bad, actually. Not too bad. Thanks for calling in. No, we and... <laughs> No one else seems to be, so I thought, yeah, let's just uh, jump in and just. Oh, we've
1: had to hang well, up on twenty people already. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, this is a chat that everyone could get involved in in the actual chat as well, because all right, lots of people are um, sort of looking into us at the moment because there's lots of different people coming out with predictions on the 2024 year. It's supposed to be quite a crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, crazy experience this year.
1: Yeah, oh, there's no Mayan um, shit going on, is there?
3: Mayan. Mayan, sorry, Mayan.
1: Sorry, Mayan.
0: <laughs> there's no Mayan end of Mayan calendar again, is it?
3: Uh, no, it's just that, um, as you, we can all see, that things have sort of sped up over the last six months, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, like you were saying earlier, well, actually, I'm just watching a video just before um, your show about what's going on with the Houthis at the moment in Yemen. Gosh, right. How that's, like, really picking up now. And the UK and the US are basically using that as a tool to uh, steer against what's going on with the genocide in the place that we know, Gaza. So, yeah, it's all going to really be starting to kick off because they've got ties in with the Templars. These people are still in control. And they're sort of losing control because things are speeding up so much. It, it, sort of thing. You add up um, the numbers of this year, it ends up as an eight. Uh, like you look into numerology and all these different uh, things tied in with the number eight. Right. It's a very important year. Very important year. And uh, yeah, I do believe that things are going to be speeding up very quickly and. Um, yeah, if you're not really prepared within yourself, um, yeah, it could start to feel like it's all getting out of control, basically. And yeah. that's, like, spiritual-based. Like, we talk about on our Telegram chat and on the Elements uh yeah. server, you know, spiritually basing yourself and actually you've done yeah. the work to actually get yourself through this and your loved ones around you as well. Because I think it's going to, yeah, it's going to be quite difficult. Even... um so, for instance, like what's going on in the Red Sea at the moment, um, that's stopped all shipping. So, it could get to a point where the shell, shelves are empty. Have you got six months of tinned food and pasta and rice already and a garage sitting there so that if the ship does it, the fan, you're already, and you've not got to go down to Tesco's or Asda's and fight for a few tins of like beans and stuff? that you don't even know that you can make a a meal out of, you know?
0: Yeah, a bit of prepping. What do you do on the the spiritual side of things, Sam, as far as sort of uh, centering yourself and trying to prepare yourself or shield yourself from what's going on? Is is there anything that you do regularly, any regular regular practice or meditation or anything?
3: Qigong, I I do uh, practice Buddha, showing a thousand hands most days, which is five exercises. No. So it's two Qigong exercises that builds up the uh, energy. Then you've got three uh, meditational exercises afterwards. Wow. Um, how long does that take you to do? Uh, depends how long you want to do it, really. You can do it all in 20 minutes or you can spend two hours.
1: I've done uh, I've done Qigong for oof, three years now. Just finished a, a sword Um kind of session over the last 10 weeks uh pork sword a pork sword yes it's similar moves but focusing the energy through a blade or a pepperami yeah. Yeah. um yeah, well, yeah you're it's, you're it's really interesting i find it i find it, when i started i thought oh yeah okay whatever Um uh, but it, there is you know that spiritual element that you kind of uh shrug off when you're like me um <laughs> It kind of uh, it gets to you eventually, and there there is a there is a level of uh, sort of calmness about Peace? it. That's, yeah, that's more than just the the movements. I guess it's more than just exercise, and it's more than just um, karate because I've done that sort of stuff before, uh, and that's, that's sort of purely self defense. Although there is a there is a spiritual element to that as well, I would say. But qigong is definitely. Um, definitely something there. I'm probably just getting old, but yeah, it seems odd.
3: There's many types of styles of qigong, um, you know, and yeah. like you were talking about with the, met, like a sword is metal, and if it's forged correctly, um, it's got a lot of energy within the metal. Like um, we were talking on our Telegram channel last night, we had a chat explaining that I, so, I got into spirituality at a very early age. And um, from the age of about 14, I'd, for n- almost 10 years, I'd go to uh, this place in Thamesmead, which is all old, old ladies, basically, but they're all mediums and what have you. So, for instance...
1: Uh, the There's no large that...
3: ones. Sorry?
1: Well, there no large ones. They're all medium.
3: But yeah, no, they're all very short ladies actually, most of them. (laughs) But uh, they, so they were very spiritual, uh, great with their spiritual work. And for instance, Molly, the lady that ran the group, on many occasions, she'd sit there, go into a trance state. So all the lights were off, and all all we had is candles in the room. She'd hold a candle in front of her.
0: Four candles.
3: she was a lady in the like her 70s, and um, she'd go into a trance and it was almost like smoke would come over her face, <laughs> and her face would change to either two uh, old Chinese men or a Native American Indian, fucking and her voice hell. would change yeah, and she they would talk to you. It was yeah, yeah, yeah mental do you know what I mean? my sister experienced it once and she'll never come back again <laughs> <laughs> this a, and they talk, yeah, talk talk to you and give you advice and stuff it was like her higher guides yeah it's mental wow. <laughs> so I was doing this at like around 16 so I was right into the spiritual work meditation all the time and whatever so I've sort of learnt it a long time ago but um, it's for everybody you know when you like understanding consciousness and like I always
0: wanted to know, who am I, where am I, what is this place? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's the, the eternal question, isn't it? Who are we? Why are we here? Where are we going? Is there more to this realm than meets the eye? And Absolutely. you know, you're not gonna find these answers without Well, there's different ways, different methods, you know. Um Oh, OBS, you know, disconnecting. Oh, oh. well that, that meant. Oh, I wonder if Sam's still there. Hello may i don't know
1: oh what's going on here
0: i don't know that was that was a new sound wasn't it
1: yeah are we uh
0: zoom what the hell is zoom doing still running sorry let me shut that off i'm guessing we're still streaming but uh drop us a comment if you can hear us let me just uh click this on Oh dear. it doesn't look
1: good. Doesn't look good, does it? Oh,
0: are you there, Sam? No, he's gone.
1: Something bad has happened.
0: Yeah, I wonder if the internet dropped out or something. Now usually OBS will reconnect if the internet drops out momentarily. Right. But um I'll tell you what, restream would tell us, wouldn't it, if I just went to restream. Um that Life. all looks good, doesn't it? Let me refresh it. I if... Oh, no. No, it's gone. Uh, what a fucking pain in the backside. Um, right. Uh, that's a shame. Yeah. The internet must have gone out. Good. All right. Let me restart then. Restart the stream. Restart the stream. Uh, How do I... Stream? Yeah, I can duplicate. I can duplicate. Ah. I found this. What a fucking pain in the ass! It must have been uh, the internet going. With, I think.
1: Yeah, look, did it all die
0: Yeah, I can't reply. <coughs> oh, I'm not going to edit this out the audio version. So this is this, no, is, no, this is this, this is bonus sad. material. For the bonus, uh, I have to go to OBS settings, stream. What a fucking pain!
1: Technology failing.
0: I love this where uh, the taskbar just decides to never hide. <laughs> Why? So I can't hit the apply. Oh, button. Is it Windows Eleven? Yeah. Oh, I might have to edit this out now.
1: Ah, oh, yeah. This is uh, this is just dead air almost.
0: Da-da, da-da, da-da. What are you looking at? Bacon. Bacon.
1: Bacon. Someone's talking about nitrates in bacon.
0: All right. Well, we should be streaming again now. Are we live? Should, should be. I think. Yes. Yes, we're back.
1: Ah, oh, look, here we go.
0: Ah, hooray! I think we had a disconnection.
1: We did. A discombobulation. Some must have been listening in.
0: What a pain in the armpit.
1: That's probably your lymph nodes.
0: So we've got like, we're going to have three streams tonight. Ah, oh God.
1: Never have three.
2: Rooney admits he sucked his entire team off? i the chance...
3: Hey Sam! Hey, well, no, what you go did you dang do? R-mine technology,
0: eh? <laughs> I think we are doing. I think our internet went down here yeah, in the studio.
3: Big I thought it was mine. No, it was my crappy, crappy old tech that I'm using.
0: <laughs> no, it's our end. I fe- what, were, what were you saying before you got disconnected? I can't remember now.
3: Neither can I. Um,
0: thought you're talking about the. Uh, the Molly, Molly who could uh, transfigurate into oh, Ch- yeah.
3: Chinese men. So <laughs> yeah, and I, I got uh, to the point like you're talking about with the metal with the Shigong. Mm. Oh yeah. So got to a point where I um, it was actually really nice actually because they were teaching me for years and then and what they'd do it once a month they'd have a like a fake type day where you could come along get a reading and things like this off of people for like uh, next to nothing. You know, you just made a donation where sometimes people couldn't afford to pay 10, 15 quid. Um, and they asked me to, to make readings. So people, they realized that I could hold metal and just the first thing that come to you, you, you said, and you, I could give readings to people from their metal. But I realized as well, when it was, second-hand metal, they'd bought it off of someone else because metal holds energy, uh, memory almost, yeah? So um, if you buy second-hand metal from a second-hand jewellery store, for instance, imagine if you go and buy a ring or a piece of jewellery and the woman that you had sold it was going through a divorce at the time, you're actually going to take on that energy when you put that uh, metal onto your skin, onto you which Is the same as a the qigong, there's like the sword that you would have used in mm. qigong if it goes back through thousands of years of practice. Just using that sword and going through the energetic movements would you'll be taking on the energy of the sword, for instance.
1: God, mine must have belonged to like a half Barney, half Ninja Turtle because I was kicking ass. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I karate you
3: exactly, <laughs> I- which I- like uh, what i do Buddha showing a thousand hands when you actually get it off properly um it's like that old 80s kung fu movie where oh, i can't think of the name of it now where, where they move the he moves Power. his hands and it's like uh like bruce lee you know where uh, the bruce lee film was all i think um, what you're
0: thinking of is eddie honda and the hundred hand slap yeah. <laughs> from street fighter
3: yeah at, <laughs> And what's uh, sorry? I should know this off by heart, but the Bruce Lee film uh, Fist of Fury, yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he makes that, and you can see the hand movements as like hands everywhere. So you imagine you're in a meditative state and you're doing the Qigong movements. When you get it off correctly, you actually see the energy of yourself, even though you've got your hands uh, closed. Uh, sorry, your eyes closed. Um, so you, you can actually see yourself making the movements with the energy of your body, even though you've got your eyes closed. That's why they call it Buddha showing a thousand hands, because with the movements that you do, you literally you see a thousand hands everywhere. Like, it's quite amazing.
1: I need to take more mushrooms before I do uh, Qigong, I thing, because so I've not got that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you've only been doing it a few well, years. No, Three, yeah, exactly. What I'm
3: saying there's no, there's different practices. You see, right? Lots of different practices within Qigong.
0: People were saying in the chat that um, you need to post some sort of tutorial in the Element server, Tony, so people can try this at home.
3: Your practice. Well, is t- is Tony talking about Shugong as well. Is he in the chat? Because I can't keep up with you. I think it was I Helen. Think it was a few people. Yeah. yeah,
0: it was. I think it was Helen saying she wanted to know how to do it.
3: Yeah, I'll find the um, like a tutorial for something. Uh, Helen. Yeah, I'll stick them up because the. If you just stick with the first three um, exercises, so the first two are uh, movements of the body, which is the build-up of the uh, chi energy through the chakras and all the other... Because you've got chakras in your fingers, you've got chakras all over the place. Um, And then the last one is a meditative. Not everyone... See, everyone should be like trying to meditate each day for at least five minutes. Just give it a go for five minutes. There's an old Japanese... Um, saying that if you can't do it for a minute, give it up and try it again next day for a minute. Do you understand? So some people can only meditate for a short amount of time, whereas other people, they can get into a meditative state and if there's not, no noise around or they've got the correct uh, frequency music on in the background, they can meditate for like an hour or two, you know? And
0: Do you, do you put just, on like just, um, 440 hertz soundtracks or something?
3: Does that help? Different, so there's different levels for different states that you want to go to. You can get up to like the 900s, you know, when you is want to, if you've been having good meditations. For I meant, I meant to say 432 hertz, sorry, not 440.
1: I thought you'd be listening to some second hand metal, like, you know, Iron Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: well, no, the four, like the 432 is how music should be listened to, you know, but, um, there's lots of different hurts with different ways you want to go into the different meditative states, you know. Yeah,
0: I mean, going back to um, when we when we first um, spoke earlier, you're talking about predictions. Have you got any predictions for 2024, Tony?
1: It's taking a vow of silence. Oh, no. <laughs> you called him so, Tony. You said, Sorry, Tony. Yeah, Tony
3: I, was, I, was, no. I was waiting for someone in Sam, the chat. Jesus, Christ,
0: <laughs> Sam because you, you mentioned Tony in the chat. Sorry, Sam. Sam. Yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah well, yeah, I think it's going to be pretty, pretty much a shit show, really. To be quite honest with you, it's the nicest way to fucking say it for a change. Um, yeah, I think it's going to step up a, a level. To be quite honest with you. Yeah. Um, He's going to step up a level.
0: On the, cause on the war front.
3: Yeah, because the people that are in control are losing control in a way, and um, the only way they can bring back that control is more war, really.
0: Oh, it's like uh, you're a big fan of Gerald Salente, aren't you? What's he always say? When all else fails, they'll take you to war.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, what's his other beautiful saying is that when men have got nothing to lose, they lose it. You know? And that's what they're worried about. He's got some great sayings, hasn't he? It's a fucking
0: yeah.
1: freak show.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do love Jill Selenny.
2: It's shit day! It's oh, fucking shit day every, every day!
3: Show we
0: see growling. He's just, it's like, um, do you remember, I remember in 1984, they have the after two minutes of hate, is it? The minute of hate? Uh, yes, yeah. I'm <laughs> like listening to Gerald. He just goes off. Just... But full boy just starts off very calm and then he ramps up and ramps up and just starts ranting, and it's hilarious. It's, it's sort of sad and hilarious at the same time, but it is what it is.
3: Crazy. But, but no, I, look, this is the beauty of Gerald Salenti as well he's, you look at him and you, you think, like he's a little old, um, if you understand his uh, ancestry, little old Italian fella, yeah? yeah? No, he'd smash you to fucking bits because he's like, uh, an expert in close quarter combat and he trains other people. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah he's an expert in it. Wow. Trains other that. Yeah, yeah. He smashes the bitch. He's a tiny little fella, but that's why he's got that rage in him because he knows that he can actually follow it through, you know? And this is where we should all be to the point like, if you, at the moment, I'd be, if you'd never fought in your life before, I'd be getting down to a, a somewhere that's teaching you martial arts, you know? just to protect yourself. I don't need it.
0: Uh... I don't need martial arts as long as I have my... My, uh... You Star of David <laughs> <My> <laughs> Star <laughs> of David construction. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this fucking thing. This mad thing my dad Guys, gave nice. me. My dad went on eBay and he won a lot of weird shit mm-hmm. in an auction. It's like a, like a two-foot-long club with a brass Star of David on the end. I think, wow. you, call it, I think you call it a, a bitch-whacker, I think it's called.
3: Definitely whack with it (laughs) yeah
0: it's deadly it
3: looks like a Freemasonic tool that doesn't
0: it do you know what it's from it's from um oh what they call the druid the uh, ancient order of druids it's one it's part of their paraphernalia and my dad won it we i've got that and if if the star david doesn't work i have the uh (coughs) the the official mallet the t T t t-a-i mallet gavel thing this is the gavel that they used when they were opening the meetings apparently the ancient order of druids so there you have
3: it i've got a mate yeah um this is of course about 10 years ago now and uh his granddad they knew he was a high-ranking mason and um he had this box up in the attic that no one was allowed to touch yeah and um it was quite sad actually because none of them liked him because he was quite an horrible uh, bastard basically and uh, when he got he was getting ill while he was getting older they realised he couldn't get up to the attic to get rid of this box so and they uh, he couldn't get hold of any of his friends from the uh, like the masons to actually come round and get this box so they just waited till the day he died and then went up and opened it and god almighty the treasures that they found in this box was just unbelievable from like his freemasonic background it's just unbelievable the stuff that they found in there
0: wow like,
3: like, like butch-
0: gnostic gospels and a uh, head yeah, of Baphomet.
3: Like stuff. 50s playboy <laughs> cuz he uh, we used to go as uh, when we were in our teens to Tenerife every year yeah in mm-hmm. uh, january because it costs, like, 90 quid for 10 days. Like, this is 20-odd years ago. And we've been doing it for a couple of years, and one year, one of the lads said, look, my cousin wants to come with us. He's a bit weird. He'll just sit there reading a book, because he does this every single time we go on holiday. Is it all right to bring him along? Like, he won't even come out drinking with us. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, all right, all right. And I was into me like, Gnostic study by this time, do you know what I mean? And realised that... Um, he was a mason, and all he was doing was going on a holiday because he was given this old book that was barely holding itself together, yeah. And he had to read all that book and know it all by the time he got back for his next test to go on like a grading, yeah. Right. If you didn't, if you didn't know everything in that book, because he he basically told me because someone. Went to grab the book off of him because he just sat there reading it constantly, and uh, he nearly lost it. Like I've near, he's only a little fella, but um, well, not a little fella, but a calm blo- bloke, yeah. And he realised that if he didn't go back, because he told me if I don't go back with this book, he's fucked, basically. Do you know what I mean? Because this book has been taken out of somewhere to give to him so he yeah. can go and study it. He's got to get it back memorise in a better the, condition that it yeah. was, and he's got to memorised it all the to know to go up for the grade. I probably wow. wouldn't have um, taken
1: it to Tenerife.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, wow. no, no, I would have I. Really, and when he just sat around the, the pool all day and just read this book over and over, <coughs> he, he let me have a look at it once. And I held it for about ten seconds, and he went, all "Right, give it back now." And, right, that was it. But you could tell how old it was. It was like almost falling to bits.
0: Wow, cool. Mm. have you any uh predictions for 2024 ben
3: um
1: i predict that i will try and lose weight but actually gain it oh wow <laughs> yeah. oh well yeah i think that's that's nailed on
0: well we'll see what happens i'll let you know the car's coming at six tomorrow to pick me up the car yeah well i've got to be in davos for nine man
1: oh right okay uh, for the uh did you not get the invite?
0: conclave <laughs>
1: You're not coming? No, not this year. No. Oh. Uh, I've I've got a book to read. A really old book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: it's well, gonna Davos, be interesting. Is you in it...
3: Davos this year is all built around regaining trust. <laughs> it's all built around regaining trust.
0: It's gonna be That's interesting, to isn't, it? isn't it? Do you follow it? Do you follow what's happening there?
3: Yeah, all that sort of stuff,
0: yeah. Yeah. I I can't wait to see what comes out because there's usually lots of great clips floating around. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I can't wait. It's the highlight of my year. Davros. Davros. Yeah, yeah Davros. <laughs> Davros and, and Eurovision.
1: Nice. Nice. <laughs> no, that's true as well.
0: <laughs> well, Tony, we don't want to keep you too long. Sam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, just call me Bob. Will you call me Bob, please? <laughs> hey, uh, we should let you go, Sam. Thanks for calling, yeah, man. It's, uh, this is the first time we've actually
1: spoke. And
0: yeah
3: um, yeah no one else is calling in so I thought I'll give it
0: a go. No, no it's, it's nice
1: it. to put a uh, a voice to the to the text.
0: Yeah, the old
3: frequency so. and vibration mate, the sound, yeah.
0: Exactly, exactly. You've been a, a big supporter of us. You've helped us get the word out and you you're active in in element and stuff. So it's really nice to hear from you. Thanks for yeah. for calling
1: in. You seem all right what? for a Southerner. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And you Cheers, don't mate. sound too bad for <laughs> northerners <laughs> either. So, yeah, right, we can man. get along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right, Sam. Um, well, you like... take care, lads. Yeah, have a, have a good one. Have a good you one. You too. Big hugs. ta Tada. Ta-ra.
0: Ta-ra. That's nice. I like some. Sam. Yeah. It's good to, uh, yeah, like you say, put a, a voice to the name. Yep.
1: <laughs> and it... Get the name right first. <laughs> yeah.
0: Fucking terrible, aren't, <laughs> aren't
1: I? tony atrocious tony i'm fucking in love with tony in the chat it must be tony dial in so we can, <laughs> him. Yes, I can get a name we right can talk to I'll, sam. no i'll call him sam
0: yeah. no, that'd be the joke wouldn't it oh, dear. <coughs> but yeah people in the chat want to hear about sam's his routine yeah it's Maybe. good it's i don't meditate. do you meditate
1: i don't do it not really do, sleeping count yeah. no no you have to be away. Sometimes zone out if I'm in a meeting. Does that count? <laughs> Astral project. That's it. <laughs> to any,
0: away, anywhere else? but here. <laughs> this could have been an email. So we're just going through this month's KPIs and. <laughs> where's
1: the sword? This mandal is everywhere.
0: Yeah. A yeah, thousand hands. Yeah. <laughs> I remember I downloaded an app once, I um, can't remember the name of it, but it was a meditation app to try and do it, and I think I did it for like a week. Hmm. I, I, my time was that once I'd put the kids to bed, I would essentially lie down on their bedroom floor and meditate for 10 minutes, oh, Okay. and uh, yeah, I lasted a week, and then I fucking bitten it off. And... Did the kids not go, Dad, what the f- you do. <laughs> they know i'm fucking weird <laughs> like, they talk to me they ask me questions yeah. it's like uh, my eldest is petrified about an ice age at the minute oh. <laughs> he keeps
1: asking me when's the ice age coming dad he means it's the f- f- next film in the franchise <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: said, don't worry about it mate you no know, gets hot it gets cold stop stressing
1: it's fine we'll just turn the heating up yeah exactly
0: Because I once said to him, because he was going on, you know, he'd been indoctrinated in school about climate change and global warming, and I just made a simple throwaway comment. Like, it's not warming you need to be worried about, son. It's global cooling. And ever since then, it's going to be an ice age. Oh, no. Not really.
1: I'm exaggerating for effect, but, oh, gosh. There is a, um, uh, you know, I said I got the... uh, an oculus for christmas mm. there is an app on there that's uh, supposed to be good for for meditating but it's all it's right. like a, obviously a full immersive experience which seems quite i've not tried it yet but it seems quite interesting i might give it a go right because i mean generally you close your eyes don't you if you meditate? well yeah but it? it's maybe it's linked to that what's the old flashing lights and alpha waves and all that shit so maybe there's something like that going on because you've got a effects full twin. On, Aphex Twin, yeah, you is that what have... I'm thinking of? <laughs> Come to Daddy, <laughs> is that it? is that it? Window liquor, <laughs> you've got a, like you're fully you're fully in. You can't. It's supposed like, to be darker, think... won't it? It's definitely dark when the when the lights are off.
0: Yeah, all right,
1: I'll give it a go. I'll report back.
0: You're thinking of uh, like when they flash an image during a movie, aren't you? Uh, no, it's no? like
1: it's it's like different frequencies of flashing. Oh, what the hell is it? it is, Alpha waves. It is hmm. clinical. It's used in a clinical uh, setting, but the, or theta waves or something. You can trigger some sort of state, meditative Death. state, I guess.
3: So maybe maybe right. it's
1: like that. But I've I've not giving it enough thoughts. Yeah, we talked about this with Jahan Sator. <coughs> Jahan Sator.
0: About a year ago, near enough to the day, and he was talking about the different wave states, like uh, alpha waves and brain waves, uh, beta waves and whatnot. What are you looking at there?
1: Uh, sorry, Helen's saying she uses an app called Luminate. So I think I think the app I'm thinking of is called Liminal. No, is it Liminal? No, I don't think it is. Limisol? Lemons. <laughs> It might be it might even begin me that, but that's the sort of thing. The the flashy lights in your eyes. Yeah. All up in your grill. Well, it's like shortcuts, isn't it? If they can make yeah. a shortcut to get you into that sort of state. That's what DMT and ayahuasca are, right? Exactly, man, yeah. 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 So yeah, I'm all for shortcuts. Ooh.
0: We have busy lives, you know. I should really do it. I should really start meditating, but
1: it's got the time.
0: that's it's my problem i can't
1: be asked. no it's another bloody hobby to it's right. it with <laughs> uh
0: don't you know <coughs> do you know gladiators is back on tv i,
1: I do i saw it last night <laughs> did you Been watch it nostalgia. yeah i watched it all yeah what did you think i thought i i, I thought uh bradley walsh's son it's, looks a bit weird yeah it's a bit wooden. He looks, he looks strange. There's something going on in his eyebrows or something.
0: He cuts his arm off. You could count the rings. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah, he is wooden. Yeah. His eyebrows are weird. Is that that's it? His eyebrows. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there was, yeah, there was that that threw me a little bit. But I mean, yeah. it was. I thought everything was was there in place. They had, you know, the pugil sticks and the uh, first, another one bites the dust.
0: First game duel. Duel, yeah, duel. Yeah. Do you know what I didn't like? A minor criticism. I watched it, I enjoyed it. I have a minor criticism one. when in the first match, first game, which was Jewel, um, either before or after Mark Clattenburg did the 3 2 1, oh, yeah, they did a, a close shot of the eyes with oh, a heartbeat yes. soundtrack. Oh,
1: did I did it, I didn't like hear a heartbeat soundtrack, like tension, like
0: who wants to be a millionaire, <laughs> final oh, like- answer. And they did it every single round four times. I'm like, oh, I hope you're not know, going to do this at the start of every game. I think they will. They didn't. The no, they just did it for duel. Oh, it's just for duel. Yeah. Right, okay. So whether they drop that in the future episodes, I don't know. Because they you don't have duel every drop, week.
1: They should drop the um, back background behind the scenes in the locker room. Kind <laughs> of thing. Fuck off. I don't want to see that. Or like that guy who hurt his knee a bit and they were like, they wrapped it in cling film and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Like that'll help.
0: <laughs> yeah, bad. It's a, a twisted knee. A twisted knee. Running the gauntlet.
1: Didn't stop him though, did it? No, he won. Yeah. The, the young. Was he Welsh? He was Ginger. He was, <laughs> he was the gingerest man I've ever seen. <laughs> I remember the red.
0: <laughs> I feel sorry for the other competitor. Yeah. Because, I mean. You've got a two and a half second head start. Your opponent's injured, and you still lose. I know you'd be good, wouldn't you? Yeah. I fuck like this.
3: Yeah.
0: Do you know what my favourite part of uh, the eliminator is? When you've or- <laughs> you've already lost, and they slow down the travelator just to help
1: you get up. To oh the t- yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they do. Oh they my do. god. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. I forgot I know how that. I like the rings, Hang Tough, I remember hang that. Hang Tough, everyone loves Hang Tough. Yeah. I've not seen, though, last night, and Do I don't know the... who it'll be.
0: Hang on, whoa, whoa, before you get to finish off Hang Tough. I did see it. The guy got to the end, at <laughs> no. the end, the, the gladiator's platform, and
1: started going backwards. I know, and he had, like, he had no idea what he'd done, or where he was, or who he was. <laughs> I'm just having a great time, badly.
2: <laughs> Fuck. Why did you take the 10 points?
1: That's so weird. So weird. Sorry, what were you going to say? You were moving up from... Um, done, hang tough. I was going to say, I've, I've not seen uh, what I, who I would consider the new jet yet. Don't think she was there last night. Uh, the talk on Twitter is that it's Sabre. Sabre?
0: was the She was the blonde with the tattooed thigh.
1: Mm, I do remember Sabre. She was... Um, well, the... Yeah. Hot and Scottish. Yeah, she was hot and Scottish. I mean the answer
0: to your question, Ben, is there will never be a new jet. Well, okay, okay. <laughs> come on I know that.
1: <laughs> you no, know, it's like But you know Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't hold the candle to uh old Diane, can you? No. Although I've gone after a bit since she refused to come on this podcast four years ago. That wasn't Jet. That was that was Falcon? No, it was Jet, it wasn't it was it was it was uh, Falcon. Oh, I don't want Falcon coming on the podcast. Or maybe we tried Jet. We tried Jet. And she turned um, down, then her... we tried
0: Falcon and she turned us down. Yeah. yeah. We couldn't find anyone, not even Wolf. <laughs> Eric Vandersplit, der Splitt, <laughs> something Van is called. Splitt.
1: Is he is he still with us? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolf's still going. I'm surprised he's not in this new series. <laughs> Didn't you know, try and revive it a few years ago? A, it? it was it was shit.
0: About ten years ago, maybe really? wow. it did two seasons and was cancelled. Oh. I'll tell you who my favorite Gladiator is. Go on, Legend.
1: Oh, the guy, the blonde guy. Not blonde. he's dark haired. Is he? It's the new heel, the cocky <laughs> one. I yeah, I, uh, since yeah, the posy sort of one. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He's trying to be the new Wolf, right?
0: Okay. So that was that was entertaining
1: oh okay yeah i yeah. found
0: it was good it's good not not keen on the presenters
1: no but you know they're they're reasonably harmless and that we're not here for the presenters so as long as they don't turn it into the bradley walsh show nah they will not slightly disappointed
0: by the lack of cheerleaders
1: oh yeah no cheerleaders no
0: cheerleaders the soundtrack was all there though like the i said soundtrack was all there yeah another yep. one bites the dust Yep so did you i had the gladiators soundtrack on cassette
1: gladiators <laughs> on cassette that's good yeah closest thing i had to, to that on cassette was the wrestlemania song <laughs> uh it had, a, it had a rap in the middle of it i think it's like whoa whoa <laughs> <WrestleMania>. <laughs> I, you got it on vinyl <laughs> seven inch <laughs> Are you not thinking of the slam jam? (laughs) Maybe I am. (laughs) Maybe I am. The Undertaker says slam. I bought it on the same day as the um there was like a Ben Elton comic relief (laughs) record. Not the stonk. I don't think it was pre stonk, I think. Hell and Pace were on it. Right. But it was it was a pre stonk year. It had um french and Saunders doing vogue yeah this rings a bell it was good i think i think it was too old for me at the time i didn't get most of the jokes Yeah. No. um so i'll listen to the wrestlemania one more than the uh comic relief one WrestleMania. i think i paid 49p each for those cassettes at our price what last week <laughs> i wish <laughs> i wish in my head in the quest no it's slam- my uh meditation on it's my time travel i had slam jam on vinyl slam jam i don't think yeah. i don't recall it being called slam jam
0: no there was two that i think there was maybe two singles wrestlemania had its own the cool oh, one and the one i had, whoa.
1: WrestleMania. <laughs> one I had. something
0: <laughs> yeah like brett the hitman heart mm. slam jam i think was the first single wow yeah
1: that's wild
0: yeah i was into the wwf We got cable TV when I was like 10, and it was unheard of.
1: I think we had cable when we moved into a new house, and we didn't want it, and we weren't paying for it, and they didn't collect it for about 18 months. Right. So we just had everything, sport, movies.
0: Well, this is when Sky Sports, I think, was £6 a month. Yeah, as it should be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like 50 quid or something. At
1: least it's it's a sick amount of money people are paying every month for, for absolute shite. Yeah. So you're going to
0: be tuning in next week for Gladiators?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: I liked, um, there was a new game. Uh, we had to press a button in the middle of the, it was a bit like Sumo, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that was. was kind was... of interesting. That was interesting. I'd, I, I'm all about the classics though. I like yeah. the, you know, the, there was the gauntlet bit. There was the, um, we've not seen Atlas, but Atlas, Atlasphere? Ow. Atlas.
0: Atmosphere. Atmospheres. You mean the hamster balls? The hamster balls, yeah.
1: And then there's another one where you're kind of running around and you're trying to dunk these like little balls into conical shaped holders that weeble around.
0: Yeah, you've got two competitors, contenders, okay. sorry, on either ends and like maybe six gladiators. And you're like, you've got four outside cones for two yeah. points and the middle one's five points or something. Yeah, and they're all guarding the middle
1: one. Like yeah. Ducking and diving. Ah, fuck, that's ace. Yeah, it was good show. Yeah,
0: it's good. I'll I'll watch it. I'm going to try and get the lads into it.
1: Yeah, yeah. My daughter's into it, so
0: I know what game they won't be bringing, bringing back. Ah, oh, the pyramid. Pyramid. Yeah, do you remember that one? It was a oh, ginormous shit. pyramid. Yeah. And there was, uh, <coughs> were you up against? There was two compet two contenders went up. Yeah to get to the top of the pyramid. Hmm. And I think you had two gladiators per contender to try and prevent you getting to the top. Right. And that's and the throw one. you off. Yeah, it's the one where Jet had to retire. She broke her back or something. Holy shit.
1: I didn't know that in gladiator lore.
0: Yeah, so they banned it. They banned Pyramid right. after that incident.
1: was the one where they climbed as well and then the contender started and then the gladiator, had, they had like... Oh, a the, wall? Of, the wall? The wall,
0: yeah. uh, They must bring the wall that, back. That,
1: that was ace. That was good.
0: I channeled um, Saracen when <laughs> we went on holiday last time because, you know, we, we did the climbing wall. Yeah, We signed the two boys up for it, and they chickened out. So me oh, and the missus it. did the climbing wall. And <laughs> you pulled her off. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the end, the instructor, this Jordy lass, Jordy lass who tells you how, what to do, how to get up the wall, she fucking challenged me. A race. Wow. And I fucking trash smashed her. I just went full Saracen mode. Nice. And... Uh, I didn't drag her off. No. No. I mean, she blamed her massive long fingernails, but <laughs> whatever. I thought they'd be an advantage.
1: <laughs> Couch your eyes. <laughs>
0: Couch the <laughs> eyes. Yeah, Wall. Wall will be on next week. Mm. They'll, uh, yeah, they'll have to mix it up. I'll tell you what I was disappointed with. In
1: the Eliminator, mm. the, they got rid of the hand bikes. Yes, they it did. It's just a standard... Monkey bar. Well, now, is not it? Monkey, Monkey bar, yeah. Because that look, that looked like the worst bit of the eliminator to me, the yeah. handbikes. Yeah, and if you if you didn't get a good start and you started going <laughs> backwards or something, you <laughs> couldn't start again. You're like, no. <laughs> yeah. <But> other, <coughs> other than that, I think the eliminator was pretty much as was. As is. Yeah. As was. Yeah, you put a little zigzag bit, they're jumping onto a cargo net. Thing is, and my wife pointed this out, there's there's a lot of other things that are very similar. To the eliminator now, so like Ninja Warrior, and, <gasps> well Takeshi's Castle sort of thing. Yeah, um, which is a shame, but you know Gladiator is his OG, that kind of shit. So ninety two, I think it started. 92, fuck, That was, I yeah, was ten. I think 19. it was ninety two. Yeah. It's, it's prime prime time for us. Gladiators blind date. Generation game.
0: Jim or Bruce? It's Bruce. Jim Davidson, weren't <laughs> it? It was Jim, Jim Davidson for, for a long time.
1: And you had um Big Break. What was he on Big Break as well, yeah?
0: Don't get much work these days, the days I here.
1: He does not, no. <laughs> well, I saw him on something recently, was it the huh? It was documentary though, was it on Rumble? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was. It might have been a Louis III thing, you know, something similar. (laughs) They went to find out what he's up to. Yeah. I uh, came
0: down from putting the kids to bed on, I don't know what it was, Thursday or Friday or whatever, and my missus was watching the new June film. Oh, yeah. And uh, I was just finishing up a book. I thought, oh, this looks interesting. So I picked the book up. I started reading it.
1: uh, Oh, the the actual June? June book. It's really good. It is good. Have uh, you read it? I've read it a long time ago. They get kind of worse as you go through. There's the seven or eight.
0: There's various different the theories on the books, isn't there? And uh, mm. categorizing uh, shitness. Yes. Some people love them all. And there is dozens, I think, isn't there? Uh, some people say, "I'll oh, just read the first three, or something. Yeah. I
1: don't know. Uh, yeah. I've only read the first three. Have you?
0: Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I'm liking it so far. I thought, well, I'll pick it up. It's you know, it's it's long, sci-fi. I might, but it's fiction. I'll be able to put it down, and if I have to read something for a guest, I'll be able to pick it back up again. But so far, uh, good, (coughs) nice change. Good, some fiction. Yeah, with light entertainment. June, Frank. It's kind of Machiavellian, really, isn't it? More than sci-fi,
1: but yeah, Mm. good stuff. Good to hear. Yeah. Right, what time is it? It's, it's time, time, to time to sign off. It's time to sign off. Yeah, it's half ten. Good we'll chat. Be, uh, we're back next week? Yes. I yeah, presume. With Matthew? Uh, yeah,
0: Matt. A bit. Oh, yeah, we should, we've never said Matt's got a handy Andy coming in the morning. Yes.
1: Andy's come to give him a handy.
0: Andy. Prince Andy's giving <laughs> Matt a handy tomorrow morning, so he had to do some last-minute prep. He did. Bit G- of, uh, his gim- gimping paraphernalia
1: bit out. manscaping. Manscaping, stock up on lube. Yep. Talc. Yep clean the old gooch
0: <coughs> <laughs> so Matt I presume Matt will Matt'll probably be back next week Yeah. So, and we'll be back next, next week will. we'll do yeah. our cracking guests next week as ever <laughs> yeah you mentioned Stonehenge I did Is the guy who built it the <laughs> guy who worked out why it's there why no. it's there not here but there It's there. It's all Megalith, Builders, The Great Plan.
1: Oh, I'm not going to spoil it. Tune in next week. Yeah, tune in. You'll love it. We'll be there. All right. Will we? we? I will. Stonehenge, you said. (laughs) Set off now. Walking. Uh, And then, yeah, the week after that, we'll be live from Roslyn Chapel. Well, we've nowhere else to go, have we? No. I got
2: nowhere else to go!
1: Alright. See, See
0: you as Are you a real general or what?
1: A real general doesn't toss
2: bars. He's born with them.
0: Ah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> she'd she'd make a great gladiator. She, she would. Sherman Atkinson. Yes, yeah, she would. There she
1: is. Would you have a wee short hair? Alright, <laughs> I'd uh, fucking have a week? <laughs> I'd have a
0: bald mate, it's fine. <laughs>
1: Jesus Christ. <Ooh. laughs>
0: Oh, humna, humna, humna! We'll be there next week. We'll be there.
1: Sometimes shit.
0: (laughs) Sometimes maybe shit. What happened to that? Was that a video or an audio? Video,
1: yeah. It's one of my favourite ones. (laughs)
0: It's it's vanished, doesn't
1: it? Ah, I mean, (laughs) you would think think we'd save it, right?
0: Oh, oh, no items God. match your
1: results. Sometimes. No. Wow. That's, that's just... That's just that. Shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> What's the... Oh, it was Gattuso, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I oh, That...
1: Okay it's
0: gone I wonder if I deleted it by mistake uh,
1: I'll,
0: I'll I'll try and dig it up for next week
1: get it back yeah worth a special it.
0: order a special
1: order this is enormous just enormous and not just
0: ah! Ah! Well, she's got a look of him
1: do will do that <laughs> right I've got to wait folks bye ta-da it's a fucking freak show.
3: Clean yourself up, you dirty little rats. You chicken liver shit.
2: Chicken liver shit. Are you not entertained?
3: You dirty bitches.
1: You're a big chungus. Building
2: back better
3: looking at you, boundless. That's it, man. Game over, man.
1: Game over.
3: Oh my God, he wiped his ass. No.